Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. You can subscribe to the weekly text message podcast at natelangson.com forward slash podcast or by going to iTunes and searching for Nate Langson or text message. Why is the new MacBook better than an iPad Air with a decent keyboard attached, particularly when the Mac costs twice as much? That's the question I've been trying to answer during the last two weeks of using Apple's new 2015 MacBook. Its gold exterior, at least in the case of my review sample, works in partnership with its ridiculous lack of thickness to make you feel like the centre of attention amongst colleagues. It's what Apple expertly demonstrates time and time again, produce products with designs that cause mouths to expand. But in this case, as is so often also the case, it also lengthens the effect with price. A thousand quid! That's more than a MacBook Air! Some mouths ultimately splutter. That's enough to buy a MacBook Pro. In fact, the entry-level MacBook featuring a 1.1 GHz Intel Core M processor, 8GB of RAM and 256GB of storage, costs more than every MacBook Air currently on sale. And to drizzle some sodium into the proverbial gash, it's nowhere near as powerful as the Air, nor does it offer the Air's connectivity such as USB 2 or Thunderbolt to support Apple's own Thunderbolt displays. Its integrated Intel 5300 graphics are subpar compared to the Air's use of Intel 6000 series graphics, and even its front-facing camera has been reduced from 720p on the Air to standard def 480p on the new MacBook. It's a product of bizarre paradoxes. It lacks the power, connectivity, and lower price of the MacBook Air, but the resulting focus on just the essentials belies its fitting comparison to the iPad Air by costing more money than them all. It really is a difficult argument to have with yourself for two straight weeks. How is this justified? Why would I not be better getting either an iPad Air and pairing it with a decent keyboard, or spend the same cash on a MacBook Air? And I have no one-size-fits-all answer here. But what two weeks of daily usage has taught me is that the 12-inch fanless slice of aluminium feels not like what an iPad Air is today with a keyboard, but tomorrow's off-rumoured iPad Air Pro with a keyboard. It's uncanny how this device feels like the screen should be detachable in order to function as a large iPad, how it should connect to the thin little golden keyboard using some sort of uniquely named Apple magnet technology. What sets it apart initially from the iPad Air is the two-inch larger screen, the ability to properly multitask, something the iPad really can't do in a work environment as comfortably as a laptop, the half-terabyte internal storage options, the full-size keyboard and large gesture-supporting trackpad. It's just better with those things, and as someone who's normally tethered at the hip to an iPad during 9 to 5, I can say this with confidence, the new Mac is just better than an iPad Air at multitasking. But so is a MacBook Air, and that costs £300 less, and is more powerful, 
and has better connectivity and graphics and is comparably portable still. Yes, all true. For me, I discovered, though, that I didn't need any of the connectivity while I was reviewing it. My iPhone syncs across Wi-Fi, and the daily photos that I take on the iPhone or the iPad sync wirelessly to the MacBook as well over Wi-Fi. I also didn't need to connect it to a larger monitor because I was deliberately using it as a portable little notebook and not as a workstation replacement. In return, I had a smaller device to carry around between meetings and from the office to my home, even versus the MacBook Air. I did away with the cooling fan, meaning I got to use a laptop that was completely silent no matter how hard I hammered its processor. I got a high-resolution Retina display, which the MacBook Air lacks currently. And I still got brilliant battery life, lasting from 8am to 7pm on one charge on one day of my testing. During that time, I used it for Evernote in several meetings, some light web browsing, a bit of Logic Pro 10 to review and edit a podcast, some short audio encoding of a complete podcast edit. I was tethered to 4G while I was using it, using Safari, updating my reminders apps, downloading some apps and updates, and I used Final Cut Pro 10 for some basic single clip edits. I also sent a bunch of emails and I left the machine idle for a couple of hours in total as well. In short, a decent full work day on battery power alone. The hidden fact here, though, is performance. There's no way to hide it from a review. This is not a powerful computer. While it can technically multitask, it does so at a snail's pace. It has enough RAM to ensure demanding apps can function, but it does not have the processing power to make them function quickly. Apps take a couple of seconds longer to load, for example. Boot-up times, while still quick, are noticeably longer than on Apple's other laptops. I tested the graphics performance with The Elder Scrolls Online, a relatively new fantasy video game. I could get to a playable 20 frames per second, but I had to set the game to play at a low resolution and with almost all graphical flourishes, such as shadows and advanced lighting, turned off. It allowed me to wander around the fantasy landscape over a lunchtime sandwich, but only a truly dedicated fantasy gamer would consider that fun. Older games, such as Half-Life 2, run very well even at high graphic settings, so if your game's library hovers around the 2004-era titles, consider the MacBook an adequate little gaming machine for your lunchtime escapism. To briefly talk in numbers, the MacBook scored 4531 in my Geekbench benchmarking test, which grades a device's performance using a number of tests. For comparison, a recent MacBook Air gets between 5500 and 6300. A MacBook Pro can get above 11,000. Here's a fun fact. When I reviewed Apple's iPad Air 2, it scored 4484, compared to 4531 on the MacBook. Now, it should be noted that we're not comparing apples to apples, so to speak. The Mac and iPad use completely different processing architectures and chips, graphics chips and memory. But it is at least interesting, I think, to see the overall difference of output scores between the two systems. It made my ability to differentiate the two in this review just that little bit harder. But as the fabled short-changed gentleman once said, it's not what you've got that matters, it's what you can do with it. And in this case, the MacBook's iPad-like horsepower and fanless design gives me the ability to multitask and be as productive as I need to be while preventing me from thinking I'm carrying around anything bulkier than an iPad with a keyboard case. It comes at a price, yes, but the selling point versus the MacBook Air is the larger high-resolution screen and the bigger trackpad that doesn't feel cramped in a way that, say, going from a MacBook Pro to a MacBook Air's trackpad does. It's an expensive machine, but only relatively so while the MacBook Air stays on sale. 
It's clear this model is technically superior in most ways to the Air, and I would begin counting down the days to the Air's demise. If I was a betting man, I'd say we're less than 12 months away from the 12-inch MacBook and a future 14-inch version, replacing the 11-inch and 13-inch MacBook Airs respectively. A price drop is inevitable and would allow Apple to have a £899 12-inch MacBook like this sitting underneath the entry-level £999 13-inch MacBook Pro. Today though, it's something of an expensive anachronism. The future of Apple's consumer laptops that only look out of place while customers breathe the final air. You can subscribe to the weekly text message podcast at natelangson.com forward slash podcast or by going to iTunes and searching for Nate Langson or text message. Okay, here's the situation. Our daughter Mia is leaving for her first sleepover. We have friends coming to stay, and we just got a puppy. So I go on Instacart and solve everything in one order from Kohl's. Fun PJs for Mia. Oh, new bedding for the guest room. And a vacuum cleaner that actually picks up pet hair. All delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply.